0: Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Last week we introduced our Let the Future Begin uh, message series and we're talking about the vision that God has given us for 2015. And that vision is that we would intentionally grow deeper and outward in order to make disciples of Jesus. And we just feel like so strongly that this year this is what God wants for us. He wants us to grow deeper in a relationship with him and he wants us to push outward So that we can uh, reach people in our community for the purpose of not filling our chairs, not for the purpose of being able to say we've done all sorts of awesome things, but for the purpose of making disciples. And that all comes from the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus said, Go into all the world, teach the good news, and make disciples. And that's what we're doing today. And our journey of deciding to move together accomplishes three things. First is to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. It is to push outward in our communities and also that we can make disciples. Now, in order to be packed up for our journey, we talked about last week about how this is a journey that we're going to be on this year, and that's both as a church and individually. Every one of us are on this journey this year of becoming deeper and becoming outward and pushing to make disciples, but it's a journey. In order to go on a journey, though, you have to have supplies. You've got to pack up, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We have to have the right items. Now, you know, when I go on vacation, whenever my family gets ready for vacation, my wife Heather is a packing, like, elite, okay? She knows how to get it done. She spends days coming up with a list of everything that needs to be packed. She Then the day before, or two days before, or even a week before vacation or a trip, she's thinking, man, I want to start packing. And she's like, but it's still a week away. I shouldn't do that yet. She feels guilty for wanting to pack. And so the days finally come, and she packs everything. She has everything that we need. It's incredible. So I know as a husband, as a father in our family, that when my job is to load the car, I don't deal with the packing because I know that she can handle it. Okay, So I know that once we get into the car and we're on our way, I know that we've got everything that we need. But have you ever had a situation where you got onto vacation or you got to your destination and then you realized you forgot something? You ever gotten to the hotel and forgot your bathing suit or gotten to the beach and forgot your bathing suit and then, or maybe some critical supply and then realized, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do now on this trip or this journey that I'm on without it? I mean, what's packing like in your house? Some people are not quite as structured as my, as my family. And some of you kind of just be the day before a trip, you just, maybe even the morning you wake up, you just throw some stuff into a suitcase and you, you're on your way. But if you've done that, you might be the individual who maybe ended up with arriving at your destination, missing a few things that you really need. I see some nodding heads in the, in the crowd. So a couple of you guys, I think, understand what I'm talking about. It is so important for us to pack properly for our trip. Whether we're going on a hiking trip, whether we're going on vacation, whether it's a journey in life, it's important for us to understand the things that we need to have with us, the supplies that are so important for us to be able to make our trip. And it's just as important to pack up properly for the journey of our faith. In order for us to grow deeper in our faith, that's the first part of that vision, right, is to intentionally grow deeper and outward. To make disciples of Jesus. This whole thing is a journey, but it begins with the journey of growing deeper. Now, where does this come from? In Luke chapter 14, I encourage you to pull out your Bibles. And and open up to Luke chapter 14, or if you have a tablet or a smartphone, pull out your Bible app. I encourage you, everybody in this room should have the Bible app on their phone or on their iPads. It is an incredible, incredible app. And, you know, one day I'm actually going to walk you through some of the steps of things. It's it's great. But pull it out, open it up to Luke chapter 14. And this is Jesus talking. He's telling a story. And it's not quite about a journey, but you're going to see what we're talking about here in just a minute and about the concept of packing properly. Verse 28 in Luke chapter 14 says this. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money, enough to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Now, the same thing can be true about a journey in life. I mean, what this story really is talking about is preparation. If you're not prepared for the journey, if you're not prepared for the construction, if you don't know what it takes to get to a place, if you don't know what it takes in order to complete a task, you're most likely to fail or realize that somewhere along the way, you just don't have everything that you need and you're going to waste time. You might even completely fail or lose out on whatever it is that you're going after. The 2000 vision, 2015 vision is to grow deeper, and outward to make disciples of Jesus. So when we're talking about growing deeper, this journey of growing deeper in our relationship with God, we need to prepare ourselves for that journey. And so our big idea for the day is this. This is kind of the thing that our entire message is based around is this is that the journey of going deeper with God starts with preparation. The journey of going deeper with God starts with preparation. In your programs, there's some sermon notes. I encourage you to pull those out and take notes. There's some fill-in-the-blanks we have on the screen for you. You can grab a pen up front if you don't have one. Please take these with you. And I encourage you to store these away because there's going to be a day where you might need to reference this and just be reminded of a truth from God's Word. But the big idea of the day is that the journey of going deeper with God starts with preparation. You know, there's this, this amazing thing called the Appalachian Trail. How many of you have ever heard of it? Let me see your hands. The Appalachian Trail, or the AT as some people call it. It is a 2,200-mile trail that starts in northern Georgia and goes all the way up to northern Maine, or it could flip the other side of that. In fact, I read today that it actually expands beyond that up into Canada, or it can go further down into Florida. It's not part of the official trail. People... Thousands of individuals every year travel along the Appalachian Trail every year. Many people try to take the entire season and travel all 2,200 miles in one season. Some people break it up in weeks over uh, over the course of their lifetime. I would love to travel the Appalachian Trail one day. But just as amazing as this journey is, imagine if you were on this trail and then found out that you were missing an item that you needed, especially if this was the journey you were taking For the entire year. If your entire season was, I'm going from start to finish, imagine what would happen if you realized that you ran out of food. What would happen if you forgot your sleeping bag or something important that you would need? Now, to avoid that and to ensure success in our lives and in our journeys, we need the right supplies. The same is true in our relationship with God. In order to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we need certain things. So what do we need to pack For the journey. Now, you have seen my handy dandy camping backpack over here. What do we need for the journey? Well, I brought some supplies today to help us understand maybe some things that would help us that we need for our journey. The first thing that we need to take along in our journey is we need some food. So, I brought some some cannelloni beans, and I believe we have a can of tuna in here. Brought some food along. Food is important for our journey. It's important for us to have the sustenance that we need. It's important for us to be able to have something to eat because it keeps our body moving. Without food, we would die. And so food symbolizes God's Word. In order for us to grow deeper in our relationship with God, we have, to, we have to eat God's Word. There's a reason it's called the daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's the Word of God. God, give us your Word so that we can have it, the sustenance in life. In fact, Jesus even called the Word of God. He he talked about it being bread. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he said this, But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, But people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This was taken in a situation where Jesus had just fasted for 40 days. Imagine that, not eating any food for 40 days. I don't know if I could do that. Some people have, and they lose a ton of weight. I don't recommend that as a diet option. But this this is at the tail end of it. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, and the Bible tells us that Satan comes to him and tries to tempt him with food. Now if you ever wonder what is the enemy's job, he is going to find the thing that you are struggling with the most and he's going to put it right in front of your face so that you will fall away from what he wants from you. And so he provides this luscious bread. I'm thinking it's like nice, like rosemary bread, you know, this beautiful, the kind of art, art, artesian side breads you'd see at like Panera or at bakery shops, you know what I mean? These really nice, we're not just talking like white bread, we're talking good bread, right? And Jesus, as hungry as he is, looks him in the eye and says, no. The scriptures say man does not live by bread alone. Yeah, you need food. We need real food. We need food to survive on the trail. He says, but by, by, by the word of God, by, by every word that comes from the mouth of God, when we read God's word, when we read the scriptures and we study it, when we learn it, when we apply its truths in our lives, when we understand the story of what God is trying to say, the Bible is God's word. And when we, when we digest it, when we ingest it and allow it to go through our body like regular food would, it gives us strength. It gives us direction. And so an application for this would be to read your Bible, to study your Bible, to learn it, to apply it. I mean, just there's so many different options. Some people have used what's called the SOAP method. SOAP, S-O-A-P. S is scripture. Read a passage of scripture. O is what observations come from it. What can I observe is happening in this passage of scripture? A, what is it that I can apply from this passage of scripture? And then P, can anybody guess what P stands for? Cricket. Prayer. So we have read the scripture, observe what the scripture says, apply what it says to my life, and then pray through that and commit to that. I encourage you, Guys, this year, begin reading your Bibles. If you're not already reading them, start reading them. That's where that Bible app comes in. Pick it up. Go get it. It's a free app. Just type in Bible in the App Store. It's so easy. Get it, and you can have plans. You can bookmark stuff. You can highlight stuff. You can share on Facebook and Twitter, so you can clog up everyone's feed with scriptures. It's incredible. It's a great app. I'm serious. Start reading your Bibles. It is the food. It is God's Word, the food that we need to grow deeper for this journey. Number one, the first First thing we need to pack with us is food. The second thing we need is water. Water. We must take water. If you're hiking on the Appalachian Trail or anywhere or any journey that you take, you've got to have water. You know, you can last 40 days without food, but you can only last 7 without water. 7. Okay? So, what we know, what we have learned is that our body is made up of hydration. We need water to survive. And if you have none of it, eventually you're going to conk out and you're going to pass pass out and you're going to die. No matter where you are, you can do the same thing on your living room floor. You can do it in the middle of a trail somewhere. Either way, without water, you will die. And the same thing is true in our faith. If we are not connected to God through prayer and through communing with his spirit, our souls will wither and they will die. We need the water of God's life in our souls, in our lives. And so Jesus actually talked about it. Jesus said in John 4, verses 13 and 14, he was meeting a woman at the well, and he said, Jesus replied to her, anyone who drinks water from the well here will soon be thirsty again. We understand that. Man, I'm really hot today, and so I drank some water. Oh, it feels so good. And then 10 minutes later, I'm thirsty again because I'm toiling in the heat and all of those types of things. He says, but, verse 14, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving life eternal. I mean, this is, this is what happens in the Spirit. And I can tell you, I can attest to you in my own spiritual life, the times where I have felt dry, times where I have felt disconnected from God, also happen to be the times where I'm not connected with God in prayer and reading the Bible. I mean, if any of you who have been in, in the faith, have been followers of Jesus for any period of time, any like you know, length of time, you know what I'm talking about. The times where we feel the strongest, the times where we feel the most energized, the most excited and refreshed, are the times where I am spending time with God, when I am reading my Bible, or when I just came back from a conference where I met the, met the Spirit of God in my life and I had an impact with Him. Maybe after church on Sunday, we try very hard to foster an environment where, where we can experience God. And all of that is so you can feel His presence and get recharged and refreshed for the week ahead. But you understand that concept, but then you also understand that if you don't read your Bible and if you don't pray and you don't spend any time with God on Monday through Saturday, by the time you walk back in the doors on Sunday, oftentimes you feel dry and you feel discouraged or the situations in your life begin to feel like they've taken on a life of their own and they're just overwhelming. And the flip side of that is true, is if you've ever been in a situation that feels so larger than life, God, what am I going to do? And then you get away and you spend time with God and you say, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that your promises are true. I know that you are with me. I know that if I seek your kingdom first, that your word says you will provide all these things for me. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but I know that you are going to provide for me. And you spend time listening to him, and you spend time with him, hearing him, and you worship him. You know what happens in those times. You come out of that place feeling refreshed. You come out feeling recharged, and suddenly that problem that you're facing doesn't seem quite as daunting as it once did. When we are on the journey of faith, specifically the journey of growing deeper in our relationship with God, we're digging these wells, we need to find the water that gives life. And Jesus said, he is life. That we can drink any other kind of water and apply that to not just water. You can try and find it in movies, you can try and find it in relationships, you can try and find it in your job, you can try and find it in your possessions. All of those things will make you thirsty for more of it. But until you find Jesus and you truly drink the water that he gives, only then will you be satisfied. We need water. We need life. We need to pray. And all I'm saying by prayer is just spending time with God. It means going to the park and looking up at the sky. This morning, it was amazing. This morning, we we came right up onto Butler Street from from Hatfield, where we live, and we came up, and right over the cemetery, it was an incredible, like, purple and pink sky. It was gorgeous. And my son looks out the window and says, Dad, Look how beautiful, look how beautiful the the sky is. And I sat there and in my spirit, I said, thank you, God, for this amazing sunrise. What a beautiful scene that you created. That's prayer. It's just a moment with God, a communing moment. So to apply this part of it in our lives, God is always with you. So take time apart to pray to him, to spend time with him. Take time apart, but also do it on the go. It's okay for you to be praying on the bus, It's okay for you to be praying while you're at lunch. It's okay for you to be praying just after you got out of a conference call with your boss and things didn't go so well. It's okay for you to be checking email and to get a note that you weren't expecting from someone and just close your eyes and say, Jesus, I need you to help me in this situation. It's okay for you to pray on the go just as much as it's needed for us to take time alone in our room or or somewhere private. I encourage you to just take the time because he is with you everywhere to go. And just like water, drink plenty of it. We need plenty of water, plenty of God's Spirit, plenty of prayer in our lives. So the first two things we need for our journey are food, which is God's Word, and water, which is prayer. The third thing that we need for our journey is a sleeping bag. We need rest, rest. This sleeping bag represents the time where we are exhausted, the time where we need to take an intentional opportunity and just stop. And rest, and this kind of goes hand in hand. You stop and rest, not just, you know, to, to sleep, but you stop and rest on the trail to eat. And you stop and rest to pray and to drink, right? This sleeping bag represents the recharging that we need. It takes, it's the, the obedience to what God calls the Sabbath, okay? Most of you, or if not all of you, know the story of creation. And in the creation story, the first six days, God creates everything that we see. And then it says on the seventh day, he rested, And then he made it a command for the rest of his people for all time. He said on the seventh day, one day a week, just put everything down and relax and rest. And not just relax and rest, but make it holy, which is saying like, like, use it as an opportunity to commune with the God who gave you the other six days. You know? And so when we have a sleeping bag, it talks about this concept of just taking time to just say, you know what, my life is busy, but it doesn't have to control me this is something interesting. I don't think many of us know. Maybe you've never even heard this verse. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. This is Jesus again talking. This is all from the mouth of Jesus about our journey. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 29. He says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'm sorry, what Jesus? What was that? I've heard you tell me that I have to carry my cross. I've heard you tell me you have to deny yourself. I've heard you tell me that people are going to hate me because I'm your follower. I've heard all of those things. I'm sorry, could you say that again? Yes, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 29, take my yoke upon you. Yoke is another word at the time for like a system of beliefs. So, So different rabbis would have their disciples, and their yoke was the particular teaching that made them unique. Jesus had a very unique yoke, okay? So what he's saying is, take my yoke upon you, take my learning upon you, and he says, then I will teach you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What Jesus was saying here was that by following him, despite all of the things that would happen in our lives outside of us, the financial situations we'd find ourselves in, the relational issues we'd find ourselves in, the pain that maybe we might go in, the persecution we might receive as Christians, as followers of Jesus. He's not saying that those things won't happen because in other parts of Scripture, we've heard him talk about taking up our cross and being willing to go to death for him. But what he's saying is is that despite all of that, learning from Jesus, the greatest gift that we receive from him is the peace within that doesn't matter based on external circumstances that's how we can read in Ephesians or in Romans or in Philippians and Galatians and Colossians and all these places where we see the apostles who are writing from prison in chains, how they can write these stories and encourage Christians and be joyful in their suffering. Why? Because they know that they're exactly where they're meant to be because they have peace in their soul. And that's what rest gives us. When we spend time with God, when we take time out, it allows us to slow down. It allows us, our you know, to catch our breath. It allows our heart, to, heartbeat, to, to rest a little bit. Taking time off, you know, I am I'm try I try to be very very uh, diligent with taking my Fridays off. Friday's my day off, and I really try to not do work on that day. I try to take time for myself. Some of you guys might call me and you notice I don't necessarily pick up. And If it's an emergency, I'll check the voicemail and those types of things, you know? But I generally take a day off. Why? Because it's important to rest and to not think about the things and the cares and the burdens that we carry. But you know what I also do on those days? On Fridays, I usually start my day with a pretty decent extended time of worship or prayer or just kind of laying on my bed and just listening to some worship music or reading through passages of Scripture just because I don't have to write a message. I don't, I don't have to be talking to an individual about something. I'm just resting. I'm sitting on my sleeping bag of faith, if you will, and I'm just allowing my life to just be in the presence of God. And I come out on Fridays just feeling recharged and ready to go. There is a peace that comes with it. And there are some disciplines we call the spiritual disciplines in life, things like fasting, things like prayer, things like, um, you know, but there's other ones called silence and ones called solitude. And these are probably some of the hardest disciplines of the Christian faith to learn because it goes against everything that the Christian walk or that the American lifestyle is used to. What do you mean? I'm going to spend a weekend away in the mountains and not speak? I'm not going to take any music along. It's going to be just quiet. I'm going to separate myself from everybody and be, so, and be in solitude. And that might be difficult at first. But you know what? The times that I have actually gone away, the times where I have separated myself and I have removed myself from the noise, if you will, I have found a, a deeper place, like a well that is just deep in God. So don't take for granted the need for a sleeping bag the need for rest in your journey with God. We need food, which is God's Word. We need water, which is prayer and the Spirit. And we need a sleeping bag for rest and for disciplines. And the final thing that we need is clothes. And of course, I brought a flannel. I love flannel. Clothes. We need to take clothes on our journey, and this reflects our attitudes, reflects our behaviors, our actions. You see, clothes are the things that we wear People see them. When we're on the journey, they provide protection for us. Clothes are the thing that, 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 that everyone sees who we are. They know we're on a journey. If you see someone walking along with a backpack and they're wearing, you know, hiking boots and they have, you know, cargo shorts or different things like that on, you can kind of guess where they're going. The same thing is true with the clothes that we wear symbolically as Christians. And that's our attitudes and our actions, our behaviors. The way that we act, the way that we treat people, the things that we focus on, the things that are our priorities, the things that we value, that speaks to who we are as people. And just like... Individuals who are serious about their Appalachian Trail journey spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on equipment. They buy North Face types of things, even brands that I have no idea about. My brother-in-law goes to Montana every other year, and he takes his friend, his best friend, to the mountains, and they go backpacking for two weeks, and they live off the land. And it gets cold out there. You don't think he's got this sleeping bag. No, he's got one of those Arctic ones, the ones that can go to like 20 below. You know, I'm a, our Pastor Scott was talking about a North Face jacket today that actually has a battery in it that heats up your coat. I mean, there are, there are pieces of equipment that people purchase because they're serious about their sport. Now, if we are Christians, if we're followers of Jesus and we're going on this journey, we will be known as people who are serious about our faith by our clothing that we wear. Now, yeah, we can be a Christian, we can be maybe a new Christian or an immature or a baby Christian, and our attitudes are still looking more like the person on the block than they do look like the people inside of the church are more like Jesus. But as we become serious about our faith, as we become serious and committed to our relationship and our walk of growing deeper with God, we will begin to put on the better items. We will begin to take on the attitudes and the personality of Jesus Christ, which is like buying the name brand items in our faith. We become serious about our faith when we change our value system. We become serious, we are serious about our faith when we change our attitudes, and the way I treat people, the way I look at people, when I allow the Bible to shape me instead of my opinion shaping what the Bible says. The clothing that we wear, the things that we, things that we think about, the attitudes that we have, all of those things are preparation. We need to work on them. And in Colossians 3.12, This is Paul this time, that guy who was in jail, who'd been beaten. This is what he says. In verse 12, he says, Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. These are not the attributes of American society. I don't hear about Kim Kardashian being merciful, kind, humble, gentle, and patient. And I don't have any problems with Kim Kardashian. It was just an example that popped into my head. But my point is is that Jesus, in the way that he was and the way that he's calling us to be, the attitudes and the lifestyles and the habits that we would have are these things, the things that are contrary to our society. You see, clothing is what people see, and the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 are things like love, joy, peace, self-control, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, all those types of things. Do you exhibit those in your lifestyle when you're not at church? What happens when somebody cuts you off on 3, 376? Are you kind? Are you gentle? Do you have self-control? What happens in your relationships? What happens at work? What happens when your friends are doing something you shouldn't be a part of? The clothing that we wear are what people see. And so our attitudes are what people will know by us. But they also protect us. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God. Now, in the old, you know, sort of world, back then they had Romans. So it was shields and swords and things like that. When I was a teenager, I really liked the, the sort of a modern concept. I drew a picture of a guy with the armor of God, and he had a trench coat and a shotgun. And that's, that's a little bit, probably not quite as... Um, I guess it would, it would be pretty similar, but I mean, it talks about the breastplate of righteousness, the chest piece or the body armor, okay, of righteousness. It protects our core when we act righteously, okay? It's the, the sword, all right, the sword of truth, which is, which is power. It's the shield of faith, okay? So I encourage you to read it. Go to Ephesians and read about the armor of God. And so the clothes that we wear, it protects us in our journey, the attitudes and our behaviors, so the application for this is choose what you want to reflect. What is it you want people to see about you? What is your attitudes and your actions and behaviors? They reflect what you are on the inside. So choose this year what you want to reflect. And focus on a wardrobe that reflects the attitudes of Christ. Those things we're talking about, the, the armor of God and the fruits of the Spirit. Clothe yourself with these things. So a recap the things that we need to take on our journey this year to, to grow deeper in God. We need food, which is the Bible. We need God's Word. We need water, prayer, and time with the Spirit of God. We need a sleeping bag, which is rest, and, and time in some of the spiritual disciplines. We need clothes, which are our attitudes and our actions. Taking time to pack up and prepare, which is all about growing deeper, will ultimately make us ready to go on the road which is pushing outward. We're going to talk more about that next week, about on the road, what it takes to be, to be on the road. What do we have to do to be on the road? But I can promise you this, that forming these habits into our spiritual being will make us true disciples of Jesus. It results in a deeper relationship with him. That depth is ultimately what allows us to be effective when we push outward. And so our challenge today is this, pack the right Supplies. What is it you're taking with you on your journey? Maybe some of you are traveling this journey of faith and you're realizing after today's message that maybe you're a little light on your backpack. Or maybe you brought some things along that you should shed, that you should leave behind. Attitudes that maybe are that are not right. Maybe you're not taking a rest and you need to bring that sleeping bag along. Maybe you're not, you know, providing, you're not getting the food that you need or the water. And those things, if you feel dry in your faith, if you feel like you're weak in your spirit, if you feel like you don't have the strength to resist temptations or make good decisions in your life, it's probably because you don't have the right supplies. You don't have God's word, the food building up energy and muscles in your, in your spirit. You don't have connected with God the, the water, the life refreshing that keeps you energized. You're not taking the rest that you need. I encourage you today to pack the right supplies. I encourage you to, here's some practical things. One, start a Bible reading plan. Again, I'm harping on this, guys. Get the Bible app. And in it, there's a plans little tab. And you can start. There's a there's hundred different, different types of plans. There's a one-year Bible one. Right now, I started one called the Gospels, and it just takes me through 30 days of reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. There's ones on Revelation. There's ones just that are topical based on pain or suffering or, or maybe like laughter or sadness or whatever it might be. I mean, there's so many different things. Start a plan and just get into God's Word. I encourage you with that. The second thing is make a decision to pray daily. Even if you don't pray at all, right now start somewhere. Start with, you know what, if I ride the bus, I'm gonna just take my time and I'm gonna just pray while I'm on the bus for five minutes or for three minutes. Whatever you wanna start with. If you drive in a car and you're stuck in traffic on the parkway, I encourage you, maybe put some worship music on and just worship God and pray during that time. Whatever it might be for you. Some of you might say, you know what, I have some time in my schedule. Every morning before I go, I get up and I kind of sit down and I watch the news. Maybe turn the TV off for five minutes and just take some time and pray. Just make the decision to start praying on a daily basis. Number three, give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. Take some time to rest. Give yourself some time. If you feel overworked, you feel overstressed, you feel like you are, feel like you're just on the go all the time. And some of that's just lifestyle, and I understand that. I'm not saying stop doing the things that are good and things that you're doing, but I'm saying there is a time where you just need to say, I'm going to build into my life some time off. So I'm not saying stop doing something. What I am saying is, and I'm not even just talking about like vacations, although those are important too. What I'm saying is in your daily routine, take some time to just build into your life some time to give yourself a break. Maybe you don't even take lunch breaks. Maybe start taking a lunch break. I don't know what it is for you, but just take some breaks. And then when you're in those places, use it every once in a while to just spend some time with God. Just, you know, just relax a little bit. lastly let's make sure our attitudes and our actions reflect Jesus when I was a teenager they came out with these bracelets called WWJD bracelets what would Jesus do and it was a campy sort of cliched kind of thing but it's true if we ask ourselves that question what would Jesus do or what would Jesus think what would his response be what would his attitude be in this situation I don't think we're going to go wrong so this year, as we are pledging to move forward and grow deeper in our relationship with God, let's, let's ask that question. Does what I think, does what I believe line up with God's word? The way I treat my wife, the way I treat my kids, the way I treat my coworkers, my boss, the strangers that I meet,
1: are my attitudes
0: towards them or the actions towards them, are those what Jesus would have me do? By doing these things, we position ourselves to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And as we become the strong and mature disciples that God wants us to be, we will become effective in our communities. Maybe you've been feeling like there's a neighbor who lives next door and you want them to come to church, you just don't know how. Well, I promise you that if you grow deeper in your faith, you will gather the tools necessary to become effective in bringing that person to church. Why? Because that's what God wants. We will have strength and we will be prepared for the long haul. And as we become the people that God wants us to be, God will use us to reach the unreachable and to impact our neighborhoods. So this year, let's all commit to packing right and taking real steps to grow in our relationship with God. listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.